Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So before we jump into tonight's show, we are going to go to a quick disclaimer, and then we're going to come back and we're going to unpack, unpack, unpack. (laughs) Uh, But first, that quick disclaimer. The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. So, again, my name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. So there's never a shortage of things to talk about. Uh, So today it's going to be heavily oriented on politics, so I'm sure some of you are saying, okay, well, what else is new? Uh, <laughs> well, it is going to be heavily oriented on politics, um, but I am going to talk about some phenomena that's more, it's, it's, it's more speaking to our social fabric, the social climate. And I will say, What I've often said is that before, I mean, I've always, you know, since 2008, I've given political commentary. It's kind of hard to believe it's been 16 years. But since uh, 2008, I've given, been given, um, or I've given rather, excuse me, political commentary. But I deliberately also spoke to social issues because I always believe that what is happening in society, it's going to make its way into the political arena. It's going to seep into the political arena. It's going to seep into the political world. And that's exactly what's happened. So maybe it it makes better sense to, to talk about the social phenomena. Right. Um, you know, maybe it makes better sense to to talk about the social fabric, to talk about the social climate. So I would say that loyalty isn't something that is rated very highly in today's society, which is which is very sad. And there's a part of me that at this point in time, at this stage of my life, I might actually argue that Maybe loyalty was never rated particularly highly, but it's just that I'm less naive now. But I think that ultimately what I would say, what would win out, is that there was a time when people had longer memories. And so if someone did something good for another person— 
the recipient of that goodwill would remember it and then try to return the favor. We don't have that so much anymore. Uh, There's a sense of entitlement, and there's also this sense of, I'm loyal to you, I'm good to you for as long as you are of utility to me. So I don't like that. I don't like that. I am very conservative. I think really in every sense of the word. Uh, I like to think of myself, I own it. (laughs) I'm a product of my environment. And I think that if people are good to you, you are good to them. I think that if you have a relationship with someone, whether it's personal or professional, I think there should be, you know, and if there's a rapport that develops, I think that, I think that there should be a certain amount of loyalty. I do. And when I see people who don't place a high premium on loyalty, those people I avoid. Those people I shut off really quickly. I cut, I just, I cut them out of the picture. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I have to interact with them, I will. And it'll be a perfectly civil, respectful affair. But I myself, I believe in loyalty. And I'm good to those who are good to me. And so I'm one of those people, and it is known in the political world here in Boston, I think that, you know, people say, okay, well, she definitely has her opinions. <laughs> uh, she has strong opinions. But I think people on the whole respect me because I have my strong opinions, but part of that is because I listen to others and I allow myself to be challenged. I allow others to challenge me and I challenge myself. I ask myself questions. And I think when you do that at the end, you really can come out the other side and you can not just say, this is what I believe, but this is why I believe it. You can actually defend your positions because, again, you've listened to other people and you've allowed yourself to be challenged by other people and you've challenged yourself. Now, I relate this to the, to the subject, to the topic of loyalty, because, or, or insofar as, maybe that's a, that's a more appropriate way to phrase it, more apt way to phrase it, because, again, I think I am very much a product of my environment, and I, I do think that a lot of people that I've grown up with the academic environments that I've been in, you know, or that I was in as a child growing up. I was encouraged to think for myself. And I was encouraged to go toward others and ask questions and interact and not with the intention of attacking or picking apart, but just with the intention of learning or, you know, seeking camaraderie. 
And I found that I often was not disappointed. And again, it's it's contributed to me having strong opinions, but the, the, the opinions are based in something. I can explain the rationale. I, I know, in short, I know what I'm talking about. And so I think people in politics, in the political world around here, even if they don't necessarily agree with me on everything, I think that they respect that. That I'm not going to run from them if we have, you know, in the event that we have differing ideas on a particular issue. But I think they also appreciate that I am candid. Not everyone does. <laughs> Certainly not everyone, but I think that there are enough people who do appreciate that I'm candid. And, and the idea is not to be disrespectful, but I think particularly in politics, I think that a lot of people try to take you for a fool. And I'm not, I'm just, I, I feel like maybe I'm talking like beyond Boston, but I've encountered people who just, you know, for whatever reason, well, I, I mean, I have my ideas, but for today, I'll keep them to myself. Um, but they, they uh, decide that I'm, a, you know, have decided that I'm, I'm naive or well, maybe a little stupid or a little foolish, and then I'll say and do something, and they're like, oh, oh, yes, you're not. Um, I think that, you know, and, and certainly I, I call them out on on thinking that I'm stupid. Uh, I did, I, I can't give uh, the context, but I, I, what I will say is I did that just the other day. Uh, I called somebody out because uh, I'm pretty darn certain that this person thought that she was, you know, at least five to ten steps ahead of me. And it's just like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and, and when I called her out, she was quite upset, <laughs> quite upset. And it's like, but you thought I was a mug. So, you know, um, so my ability to feel at ease around people who don't necessarily share my points of view, my candor. And let me just expand upon that. I say what I think, but I'm consistent. And so if I say something to you in private, I am going to make it clear that that's my position in public. So... I'm going to, I'm not going to share the name, but I told somebody, a political person, I said, look, I'm going to support you. I wasn't always supportive of you. Um, no, I wasn't sure about you in this position, but you're in the position I want to give you a chance. I've given this individual a chance. Don't try to guess. You will not guess who I'm talking about, so don't try to guess. Um, I'm, I'm just, but I'm giving it a, an example um, of who I am, of what I am, and 
and, and, and it's 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 going to come back to to loyalty. Trust me. <laughs> just just hang in there with me. Um. And and I've been true to my word. You know, I I don't think it's candor unless you're going to stand by what you say in public and private. And so I've said both in private and then in public, I'm supportive of this individual. And I think for all these different qualities or characteristics that describe who I am and how I move, I think that inspires trust in people. And I think when you can trust somebody, then that's when there's loyalty, right? So I do think that some people are loyal to me. Um, I don't want to say in different ways. I mean, they do what they can do. And I phrase it like that because, you know, I'm thinking of a lot of different people in the political world. And so... You know, you can't always do and say everything you want to do in general. That's particularly true in the political realm. But I think that there are enough people in the political realm that, because they can trust me, again, because of the different characteristics that really kind of say who I am, the characteristics that I enumerated, I think that inspires trust. And I think... And then a rapport develops, and then there's loyalty. But as I said, I'm a product of my environment, and all those characteristics, I think, stem from having grown up here. Um, but I think this concept of loyalty is something that marks me as well. And so I think that that encourages people to be loyal toward me. <laughs> Unfortunately, not always. But I think that people... You know, they all already feel like they can trust me to a fair extent. So, you know, there's there's loyalty um, to whatever extent that they feel comfortable giving it. Uh, you know, you know, we're all in the political realm here. And uh, and I'm just loyal. So. There are city councilors. For instance, Boston City Councilors, and I mean, we only have Democratic City Councilors in Boston. Um, hopefully, that will be changing very soon. But uh, or at least having you know uh, Republican candidates run on a regular basis. But you know, for the moment, it's it's very much it's dominated by the Democratic Party. Uh, so. You know, I have to say that because, you know, there, there are people who would say, well, you're supposed to be a Republican. And, I mean, it's, if, 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 if there's a fellow Republican out there who has a problem with me being loyal to a Democrat who's done right by me, who's done right by his constituents, then I would say that's a problem for that particular Republican. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I would say. And I would also say that if that Republican would like for me to be loyal to Republicans, then please work with me to recruit Republicans and help them run for office. Because in all of Suffolk County, 
which of course, you know, there's Boston, there's Revere, there's Winthrop, there's uh, Chelsea, and all of Suffolk County, I think there are maybe, hmm, I'm going to say four or five Republicans elected, and I don't even think it's that much, uh, that many. I don't think there as many Republicans as that. I think that there might be, I had thought there were two, but there might be three or four. And of course, when you, when you think of the number of elected officials, that number is just so, it, it's, it's, it's embarrassingly low. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's, it, it's just to speak to, you know, anyone who would be critical of me. I think I've more than shown that I'm dedicated and loyal <laughs> to the Republican Party because honestly, it would be, it would have been the easiest thing in the world for me to leave the party, to join another, you know, join another party, join the Democratic Party. Why do I say that? Because there are no options. There are no options. Unless you're talking about the constitutional offices. And we get to vote for that every four years. So I think that that shows how loyal I am to the Republican Party, how much I love the Republican core values. And I've never stopped fighting for the Republican core values. And I will never stop fighting to bring Republican values and ideals into Suffolk County. I'll do that to my very last breath. Um, but it's just also to say that, you know, I, I have to say all this, you know, because people want to pick everything apart. Um, but I, I am very much, I believe in loyalty and, uh, you know, some of the people I'm loyal to are, you know, Democrats because they're people first, people who've been good to me and people who've been good to their constituents and they happen to have a D after their name. Okay. So I, 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 t I say all of this so that people can piece it all together and put it into perspective. But I am a very, very loyal Republican, uh, fiercely loyal to, to, to the core values of the party and, and the, the, the idea and the work of building the party. Um, but, but there are people in my life and people with whom I've worked and they are not Republican because I'm in um, a one-party county <laughs> in a state that's overwhelmingly, it's, it's a one-party state. Um, but, but you feel it in particular here uh, in Suffolk County. Um, but yeah, loyalty, loyalty. So uh, again, I, I, I try to explain everything so that, as I said, People can put everything together um, and they can get like, you know, the full picture of it all. And so why am I talking about all these, these qualities? And if I wanted to distill it down, it would be basically, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the ability to think critically. And I'm talking about having, possessing the belief that there is something that I can learn from everyone. 
and and it's also the idea of being thankful towards someone and then responding to the reasons like looking at the reasons why I'm thankful to, uh, for someone, to someone, and and just responding, repaying that with a loyalty that I will be there, that I will help out, that I will support in terms of initiatives to make communities better. So. There's all of that. And I think the amalgam of it all, I think that it makes me a rarity because I've been talking throughout the show thus far of how I am as a person, but I've been talking about the political realm, the political world. And so what I'm trying to say as how I am as a person, being that product, being a product of, a, of this environment, who I am, I take that into the political realm. I don't try to be someone different. I'm not going to be someone different. This is who I am. And I'm not going to compromise myself. And I'm going to stay true to my values. And that's makes... I mean, speaking generally, it makes one stand out. And not always for positive reasons, because I think that in politics, it's really weird. You have alliances that are formed. People couple and decouple, if I can phrase it like that. Alliances, slates are formed and broken up um, all the time, all the time. And... I think I've been around in politics enough that I've kind of, you know, it's nothing personal. And even when it's personal, it's really not personal. You know, like there have been people I've supported, Republicans, for 10 years, for 14 years, you know, 15 years, maybe 16 years. And... You know, there's never been any kind of prompting or prodding necessary. I'm just, I'm there. I'm ready to help. I'm ready to support. But again, it's just being who you are as a person and not changing once you step into a political arena. That's not something that I think is too common. I don't think so. So... There's definitely that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the difference then between how people are, you know, as an individual in their personal life versus their professional political life. And then I suppose that after a while, after a person's been involved with politics for a certain length of time, then I guess those lines can become blurred. <laughs> Uh, and and the person, you know, in, in his or her personal life, 
maybe becomes just as obnoxious, sympathetic as he or she is in uh, his or her political life. I mean, that's certainly that's certainly an issue. That's certainly an issue. So, you know, again, I talked about myself, but I could have just talked about a generic individual, Joe, Joe Schmo. I mean, the, the point is, is that it seems like things have really changed. And as I said at the top of the show, loyalty is not something that's really recognized or appreciated or understood. And I feel like kind of, I've said this before, old father, old father time. What, what is it? Um, Rip Van Winkle, that's it. Rip Van Winkle. So, you know, I fell asleep and woke up 30 years later. And it's like, what happened? Where am I? Uh, I'm trying to struggle to understand what's going on. And, you know, I'm looking for anything that looks familiar. It's, 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 it's definitely something that I don't like that loyalty has become something that people don't really value. And, you know, again, stepping into the political arena, it's, this is, this is it. It's, I'm, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to put on a different face. Like what you, what you saw of me when we were maybe chatting you know, in a lunch line, it's it's what you're going to see when we're sitting across the table and trying to figure something political out. But I feel like in the political world, so I'm going to take all of what I said, using myself as an example, as opposed to, as I said, uh, Joe Public. I think that people don't think critically. I, I don't think that people listen because they do believe that they can learn from everybody. I think people listen to attack and I don't think people try to cultivate trust and build rapport, you know, uh, build a rapport and build relationships and then, you know, then loyalty, you know, try to foster a sense of loyalty. I, I don't, I just... That's not how people are behaving personally. And that's made its way into the political world. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, but you just said that you were kind of different. That's what you've been trying to argue all along, that you're kind of different. Because how you are in your personal life is how you are in your political life. And what I would say to that is that I find that before there were more people like me, uh, we still weren't necessarily common, but we weren't as rare. How's that? So I think that these ideas where, you know, when you're talking about this loyalty, when you're talking about critical thinking, all, all of that. Um, 
look, I think that there's always been people to a certain extent put on a different face. But I think that there was some authenticity. But I feel like now it's just the worst aspects of our social interaction on a day-to-day basis, the worst behavior, it's carried over into, into, into politics. And so it's kind of interesting. So instead of me then talking about me being even rarer than before because of how I am in my personal life, I am in my political life, I'm talking about people who are also the same as they are in their personal lives, and you know, personal political life, there's no distinction, but it's for negative reasons. We're talking about negative reasons. We're talking about negative characteristics that are marking these different people. You know, whereas I'm talking about positive characteristics, and that's what made me be a bit rare. Um, and now I'm even rarer. But the negative characteristics that are marking a lot of people in their interactions, and some would argue that it's been made worse since the pandemic, just carried over, just carried over into the political realm. And so we have people more than ever who are forming these relationships, and these alliances are paper thin, and it's just as long as person X needs person Y. So it just seems like everything revolves or turns on utility. And that's, I don't know. It's kind of weird for me. It's, 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 uh, I'm not going to say it's, I mean, maybe because I'm older now, um, I can navigate that, but still sometimes it's just like, I say to myself, really, like, do I really want to be doing this? Um, but, but I see in politics a way to make lives better for a lot of people. And it's, 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 it's a wonderful using politics policy to improve the lot of people is really, it can be done and it can be done so beautifully, but my goodness, what you have to encounter <laughs> uh, along the way. But I'm saying all this because I think that it just makes it harder than ever to get things done. And I think it makes it harder than ever for sense to be made of what's going on. And so, yeah, nothing gets done. Or if it gets done, it gets done poorly. And so I don't want to criticize too much the person who may put on somewhat of a different face, you know, as he steps into the political arena and leaves his personal life on the other side of the door. Um, 
I think it's more about the worst aspects of human nature. Leaving that <laughs> at the door, on the other side of the door, when one steps into the political arena. But that's just not what happens. Uh, I'm going to build upon this topic, expand. I am going to connect it to my own political party. <laughs> but I'll give some examples that I've seen. I'm not, I'm not going to drop too many names today. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, I think that if I describe situations, uh, I think that that's enough to, to convey the points that, that I wish to um, put forth. But let's go to a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll build and maybe do a, a pivot or two. Want to learn how to record, edit, and mix audio? Become a member with WBCA and our helpful staff can teach you in five organized sessions. Learn about programs like Audacity, GarageBand, Logic Pro, as well as audio physics and techniques to help your recording sound professional. For more information, visit bnnmedia.org. Sometimes kids play with pretend guns. It's up to us to make sure they don't play with real ones. Keep yours stored locked and unloaded. Learn more at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston. So, I guess, really... Everything that I set up until that little break there has really kind of led us to politics and the figures that we need and the activity that we need and the attitudes that we need to actually get something done. You know, people don't want to listen to other people. They just want to hear themselves. And there's a, it's a big difference, right, between listening to other people and wanting to hear yourself. I said that, and I've shared this more than a few times, that I go to different municipalities and I'll sit in on the city or town council meetings. And Boston really is quite something. So I think that we have some great counselors. We do. Uh, I said I wasn't going to give names, but for this, I'll give names. <laughs> uh, former council president Flynn, Ed Flynn. I absolutely adore Ed Flynn. I love him to bits and pieces. He is wonderful. He knows so much. He's such a profoundly decent man. And... If there were more Ed Flynn's uh, in politics, I think people would have a lot more faith. He's a tremendous human being. You know, I'll, to my last breath, I'll always want the best for him and his all his family. Uh, he's just, just such a good man, a real mensch. And, uh, you know, of course, 
Uh, March is right around the corner, and it's Irish American Heritage Month. And uh, former Council President Flynn is, is, of course, of Irish descent. And he shared, you know, because I, I was able to sit in um, a bit on today's city council um, meeting, and, you know, he shared a very moving part of the history um, of the Irish people. It's very moving, very moving indeed. And, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, celebrating how I can, however I can, uh, you know, the Irish festivities that take place in Boston. You know, I grew up here, so, you know, I had I had a lot of uh, friends of Irish descent. So it's, you know, the parades and, and, and the food and the dancing and, you know, all, all these different um, acts of joy and the, and the many different festivities and the various aspects of the culture. It's, it's, none of it is new to me. And so I look forward to, to celebrating it. But I bring up Ed Flynn because he gets things done. Because it's not about other people. Um, it's, or should I say, it's not about him. Forgive me. It's not about him. It's, it's about other people. There we go. We want to get it right. If we're going to talk about Ed Flynn, we got to get it right. We want to do this right. Um, it's about other people. And I think that you know, he's he's every inch the public servant. Uh, former Boston City Council Michael Flaherty, the same thing. Former um, Boston City Councilor Frank Baker. These people, they they know how to give. And I think when you know how to give and you want to give and you're focused on giving, you move differently. You behave differently. Yeah, so sometimes I, I listen to uh, a counselor here and there uh, in the Ionella Chamber where the Boston City Council holds its hearings and uh, their meetings. It's, it's their official place of business uh, within City Hall. And, you know, I listen and I say to myself, my goodness, you know, I'll hear words that are directed toward someone else or other people, but you just listen to the person and you see how the person comports himself or herself, or should I say herself? Oh gosh, <laughs> I'll stop there. Uh, and, and you say to yourself, okay, all of what was just said was for that person. It wasn't for anybody else and it wasn't about anybody else. It was just about that person. And uh, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. When I go to other municipalities, I will continue to stress this. Uh, you know, other places, people on the whole are more serious. And it's just, it's, just, it's, it's unfortunate. And, and I'll leave it at that. 
But whenever I criticize, you know, people, uh, politicians, uh, I don't, I criticize ideas. And I criticize where people fall on the, you know, like, I'll tie it to where they are on the political spectrum. But I don't often say, oh, I'll, I mean, I would never, I, I try to refrain from uh, expressing myself in generalities. So there's that. Um, but I generally don't say, oh, Democrats are. But I acknowledge some behavior that I see among Democrats or, but, you know, it always ends up being like this part of the political spectrum. But I do the same thing for my side of the aisle, the Republican Party and, and those who may not be Republicans, but they lean right. They reside on the political right. And so what I found, and I'm trying to think if, 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 if this exists to some extent on the Democratic side, it can, uh, particularly with a part of the, a faction of the Democratic Party that's moved quite to the left, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, those who brand themselves, style themselves as Democrat, Democratic Socialists. Um, you can see conflict between them and even some progressives, but certainly like moderates and conservatives. But I feel like, I feel like on my side of the aisle, like this whole, like people really want to go in, um, you know, and they really want to cling to this, this narrative, like I'm conservative and, you know, you're a liberal, you're a rhino and it's just, it's never ending. And I just, I don't want to have to deal with the politics and politics. Like I said, I want to get at solutions. And I'm a very pragmatic person. And so I will work with you to find solutions. Even if I don't like you as a person, but I can still recognize and value and respect talents that you can bring to the table and if those same talents, again, can re uh, allow me to arrive at a goal, <laughs> I'm working with you. <laughs> I will be working with you. Um, but I think that, you know, we keep on going back to those characteristics that I enumerated that I believe, or maybe I just want to believe, but I hopefully, hopefully actually do describe who I am. And what I'm about. I find that there are a number of Republicans that they don't, they, they're just Republican, right? Um, but then you have people who, who want to just stay stuck in this paradigm, well, we're conservative and we're the way forward. And if you don't, get behind a real conservative, that person's not going to be any good. That person's not going to accomplish anything. That person's not going to stand for anything. That per that person's not going to have any purpose or focus. And it's just, it's it wears you out. 
And it wears you out because you say to yourself, seriously, it's enough already. Like, stop. Because the fighting, the lack of willingness to listen to others, the the listening, if there is listening, but to attack, not learn. It's frustrating. And the lack of loyalty. There's that word again, loyalty. And, you know, as aforementioned, I, uh, you know, maybe it's just the stage of life that I'm at, but I've learned to put some distance between myself and what happens to me in the political arena. I, uh, don't take it personally, because even when it's personal, it's not personal. Uh, and that's just the way it is. But I just feel like the social climate that we're in, our society's social fabric, whether we're talking about you know something on a micro level, like our own backyard, our community, our municipality, our state, or our country, or if you want to go broader, our world. <laughs> um, I feel like the baser qualities that define humans have somehow become virtues. <laughs> uh, they've been promoted as such. And Seeing these baser qualities play out in the political arena, it, it can be difficult sometimes. It can be difficult. You know, I personally, I, you know, I am pretty straightforward and, you know, candid. I, I talked about my candor earlier. <laughs> um, but I've been pretty much to, to the point that in saying that if the Republican Party wants to grow, well, it, it's only going to grow if we get out into the community and we listen to other people. But before we can listen to other people, we have to listen to each other. I'm going to go to another quick break. But when I come back, I'm going to share what I think, what I hope uh, is an interesting story. You might listen to it and say, no, nah, that wasn't interesting at all. And you just wasted our time, Rachel. No, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you won't think that. Let's go to uh, our second quick break of tonight's show. Sometimes kids play with pretend guns. It's up to us to make sure they don't play with real ones. Keep yours stored locked and unloaded. Learn more at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by nfamily fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Are you struggling from low wages, food insecurity, student debt, or on the verge of housing eviction? You can join the historic Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. This will be held on Saturday, March 2nd at 11 a.m. at our Mass People's Assembly. We'll be located across from the State House near the 54th Black Regiment Memorial. 
you can help us take back the mic by raising your voices and sharing testimonials. But that's not all. We'll follow up at noon on Monday, March 4th, inside of the State House, where you can meet with your legislature. For more information, you can visit poorpeoplescampaign.org. You can join the Poor People's Campaign. Our votes are our demands. Hey, everything okay? Yes, I'm fine. Honey. Hey, I'm here for you. Tell me about school today. When kids can't find the right words, music can help them sound it out. Talk to the kids in your life about their emotional well-being. Find tools and resources at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and thank you so much for listening to tonight's show. So I wanted to close out with a story. So as I said, I think that this is kind of an interesting story, and it kind of... I think goes a long way into explaining one of the problems, the primary problems of the party in Massachusetts, the Republican Party in Massachusetts. So I was picking up something from a store and uh, some things I was getting printed up. And I was so excited and I showed this woman who happened to walk in and was waiting uh, to to order something of her own. And, you know, we started chit-chatting and, and I'm like, oh, I'm in love. Look at this. Look at this. You know, like I, I'm just, I'm so over the moon with the finished products. And, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really nice. And she said, well, you know, now I feel better about, you know, ordering something here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, they do great work. And and, and it, it wasn't the first time that I've gotten something from there. So I, I think that this particular place does a really nice job. Um, but relevant to, to the story, uh, I shared that I was a Republican. And she said to me, she said, oh, you support Nikki Haley, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, she could have asked that, you know, let's, <laughs> candid is my middle name. <laughs> you know, I am a woman and I am a person of color. And there's this idea that if you are a woman or you're a person of color, that you're just going to absolutely detest Trump. And I don't know how many women need to step forth and say, I support Trump or how many people of color or how many women of color need to step forth and say, I support Trump um, in order for this narrative to be put to bed. But, you know, this is, this is what some people believe. And, and it's not to say that this woman was trying to be offensive. And, I, and at the end of the day, I wasn't really offended. I had that distance. I said, you know, like, <laughs> between me and some of what I encounter. I mean, certainly, you know, on a scale of one to 10, that was, that was like a two. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was nothing. And I mean, she wasn't someone who wasn't nice, um, but it was just 
that assumption made. And, you know, I said that, well, I support Trump, but I shared that, you know, if my schedule permitted, I would go listen to Nikki Haley, who's coming to Massachusetts, and she's going to be doing a campaign run, uh, you know, a campaign event here uh, in Needham, not here, Boston, but outside of Boston in Needham, and it's not too, too far. And the woman seemed kind of taken aback. She didn't know what to do with that. And I tried to explain to her that, well, it's not because I support Trump that I'm incapable of listening to other people. And it doesn't mean that I stop listening to other people and wondering what they have to say and being curious about what policy they're going to put forth. Again, I'm supporting Trump, but I, I like the idea of just listening to other people. I'm always listening to other people, even if I don't like the other people. Uh, not to say that I like or dislike Nikki Haley, but she's just not the candidate for me. But does that mean that if she comes, I'm not going to listen? No, of course not. And I think that that's really important. And I think, again, the woman was really taken aback because if you like Trump, you're not supposed to like Nikki Haley. Just like if you're a woman or a person of color or both, you're not supposed to like Trump. So, you know, there are all these assumptions and, and people operate on them they're informed by them as if it's gospel, as if it, as if it were all the truth. Um, I would like to think that if someone supported Nikki Haley, then that person would, you know, want to take some time and listen to Trump. I don't think that one should stop listening to somebody else because the person may not necessarily think along the same lines. I think it's important to keep an open mind and think critically and uh, and be loyal. But I can't necessarily tie loyal to all that unless I'm going to say uh, being loyal to the ideas of uh, being open-minded. There we go. <laughs> and on that note, um, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to hanging out with you next week. And uh, in the meantime, if you want to reach out to me, uh, I'm, I'm out and about uh, and I'm online. So look forward to hearing from all of you and hanging out with you soon. Bye-bye for now. The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org.